You will not see this article on the BBC or any kind of impartial media. They they, they shove it at the bottom of the. So, are you trying to label BBC as impartial? <laughs> <laughs> that is like. That's even more nonsense than trying to label Daily Mail as reputable. I know we're going to try and stick to topic and on time, but... Uh, <laughs> here we go. But, but <laughs> My favourite thing ever. If it happens 10 years' time, I'll be like, yes. I told you, wife. I told you I wasn't selling my Bitcoin. <laughs> Quantum computing basically means it can do infinite things all at once, extremely quickly literally almost like a nuclear explosion. It just goes bang, everything's done instantly. So what that does and why that is a potential problem for Bitcoin. It's a sex life. <laughs> yeah, it's a sex life when you're 18, yeah. <laughs> Boom, everything's done in a second. And uh, God, I've lost my train of thought now. I'm thinking about quantum computing. Now I'm thinking about freaking that. One of my favourite accounts is safety Amos, mainly because I love him. But the second is the insults which he puts out. Oh, so I think he was, yeah, I think someone about XRP or something trying to shill him, and he said um, something on the lines: "The biggest mistake for you is learning to read. You have wasted that gift." <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, in fairness, I'm sure he'll be listening. So fuck you, Mark. <laughs> we want a limited time today, aren't we? Because, uh, yeah, Ross, you had a late night, did you? Party in the night away yet again, freaking rock and roll life you need over there. Oh, my daughter waking me up three different times shouting because, um, She'd taken her teddy's clothes off and could get the teddy's clothes back on. The uh, life of a G. That sounds yeah. a legitimate excuse to wake up three times. I'm completely on her side. We've <laughs> <laughs> done it four times. Yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen tonight. Yeah. So she, I hate when that happens. Yeah, should we talk about fake news then, shall we? They're the first kind it's, of like two topics of the day. Yeah. So um, I, don't, I don't even know where to start with that one. I know. Like the first one, I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's all about the vaccine and lockdown. It just gets me way too triggered and I end up being a seven-hour podcast again. But it's <laughs> essentially the, the news has come out now. Like the people got cancelled on social media for staying and linking the virus to being man-made and coming out of the Wuhan lab, which when you look at like all the data that's coming out now, like we already knew that this lab was working on COVID vaccines. It was experimenting on viruses within bats. And then miraculously within Wuhan, a virus that looks like it's coming from a bat, you know, starts a global pandemic. But if you said on social media uh, or anywhere pretty much online, uh, you would get lambasted for being a conspiracy theorist. That how dare you accuse this being man-made? This is obviously just, it's a mistake. It came from the wet markets or something. Someone ate a bat or a bat bit a bit of pig and then someone ate the pig. and that's where the virus has come from and it's have you not out. seen a south park explanation <laughs> no what's that one um randy goes on business to china um and he meets sort of mickey mouse and they have sex with a bat and then they uh, gang bang a pangolin oh actually i have seen that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but was that actually related to covid as well was that a recent one yeah that is yeah. i i I'll go one step further than you, uh, Gaz, as well, in terms of it's not just 
you would have been branded a conspiracy theorist. You would have also been branded as racist as well uh, by saying, oh, okay, you know, China. But I think the facts were there. And again, this probably goes down to human, I don't know, human fallacy of like, we just didn't want to believe it. But it was the truth of the matter. All the evidence was there. But one of the things I think was because Donald Trump was saying it. And if he'd have said it in a better way, then I think it would have been okay. But my friend, uh, he, he was absolutely saying we should be laying the blame firmly at China's door, but we're afraid because we rely so heavily on China. Yeah. Well, the, the interesting thing is, and one of the, this is a point of conspiracy theorists behind it, but Fauci has visited this lab. Mm. America has funded this lab. Yeah, Fauci's so, funded it. Yeah, yeah. It, one of his organizations has taken funding in and then given funding to this Wuhan lab. And uh, but he was getting questioned about it in Congress, going, are they experimenting on a virus that could be like this? And he went, well, they are experimenting on COVID vaccines and uh, or COVID viruses, yes, trying to start the virus and then create vaccines as well. And so they were asking, like, could this have happened by, just by accident? And I think the fact is, whilst it could have been um, a bit of um, racist, but I think there's also America would have to admit some culpability as well because it's a yeah. lab funded by them. So just because it's in China, it, that's what it kind of like by the by. It's like who paid for it and who is who wants this work do, doing? And America was part of that. And then it's leaked out well, either on purpose. If it's on purpose, obviously, then you can suddenly go, right, this is... This is a almost like a terrorism. Well, right? If it if it was on purpose, it'd be a different area. I feel. Yeah, and it'd be a it's a bizarre virus to let go because it's not even that bad. So it just seems like it, it was an accident. But what and about grandma? I I will go so far as to say I think it could have been a, an accident, yeah. a genuine accident, um, but obviously an accident gone very wrong. I think a couple of things to pick up on this. So you mentioned the racist element, but we've had no problem calling it the British variant. We've had no problem calling it the Indian variant. Yep. So I don't really understand what that line is. Maybe it's Chinese controlled media, which has put him out there because, you know, I think we're slightly aware of the um, existence of things like bots on social media. So they could be putting the message across in that way. Because no one's kicked off about the British variant or what was it, the Kent variant or whatever else we've got. Yeah. And um, yeah, Brazilian well, in there as well. Yeah, South exactly. African. You know, and so no one's kicked off the racism. Then the other take which I've had on this is we talked about fake news. So it's fake news which became a truth. Mm. What about if it was the truth which is now fake news? So what about that that that, that spin? Um, then you go, well, why would they do that? Well, China is becoming dominant while the US has been sleeping for the last year and they want to take China out. Mm. So what do you actually believe? This is, this is kind of like one of the things, what is the actual truth? We don't know what to, to believe now. We've had a year of complete lying, you know, beyond anything which I've seen in my lifetime. I think I don't also know. the line from China as well to try to clear things up. There's so much in there. Yeah. So I don't know what to believe. And that kind of makes me think like the, the flip-flopping on this with Fauci in particular has made me think, well, is Gaz actually right about the whole reset narrative? Whereas I've just said it's, um, you know, it's down to, um, I'm trying to think what the correct word term is. I had a bit of a mind blank. 
but it's basically down to them being a bunch of fucking idiots who've overreacted and won't admit their mistake. You know, I've always kind of thought that, that they've just kept on going, even though it's obvious it's not an issue. You know, average age, pre-existing conditions, it's all pointed towards it is, you know, a super virus as such, but it is not um, the Black Plague, you know, which happened and wiped out half the Earth's population. Yeah, I, I must admit, I do think it's all kind of genius because I think there is an underlying agenda here, but by putting clowns in the front of government and then up on stage, they just spout so much total nonsense that you're trying to find the truth in amongst the lies and quite often mm. the people that are up on stage don't know the underlying truth they're just whatever talking points they've been given they just spout them out which is why it's masks one day no mask the next double masks now take the vaccine don't take the. it's just lockdown no lockdown so it just becomes such a clown show that when you're actually trying to make sense of it there's so many strains it's like is it was it racist against china was it they just hate everything Trump said? Was it legit? Did they overreact? Is it on purpose? There's so many different kind of agendas all going on, all different governments trying to pull different things. It's such a clown show that when you're actually trying to evaluate it and go, what the hell was going on here? It's just a web of nonsense. And to try and unpick it, it's nearly impossible. And you'll just go insane. So you end up just going, you know what? What's, I'll just leave it. And yeah. I think that's what most people are doing. Like, I don't know. I just, I think it, they said it was bad. It was bad. All people remember was China. China bad, virus bad. Can I go outside and have a beer yet? And that's that's largely where people get to. And so even though that when the truth so slowly starts to like leak out like this, it just doesn't really have an impact. This doesn't hasn't had made anyone. No one's being held accountable here. So every tweet that had that horrible big banner on it saying this is verifiably untrue, please fact check this, and it had links to articles. You'd get shadow banned. People got cancelled off social media completely because of it. Yeah. None of that gets undone. That's all just still apparently stays true. But now even Fauci can come out and go, oh, yeah, it does actually look man-made. Sorry about that. And there's no consequences, no accountability. Well, yeah. I think on that point as well, and no consequences and no accountability, what's the accountability and consequences for China moving forward? There are none. Well, it's, it's well, too late, well, isn't it? But it's the two superpowers, America, China, so you're kind of stuck. And it just, yeah. it does say to you, like, it has really outraged me, but it, like Gaz said, it really doesn't seem to, you know, gone on anyone's radar. It's either sheer incompetence or it's a mastermind to put, has put this together to make it look like it's blinding incompetence. But it does... The only, the only actually proper media has actually put the article out. You know, there's a 22-page study on why this is almost definitely man-made. It, it does not... Because the thing is, you, the way you can tell is that all flu viruses uh, link back to the previous ones. So you can... They're basically like a family. This yeah. one is just... It's like a right angle and then up, which clearly says that like, someone went in, messed with the DNA, and it's gone sideways and then up, which is half the reason why everyone got so panicked by it. They went, holy shit, this is something we've never seen before. But it's linked now, links back quite clearly is, oh, yeah, the science now says this is this is almost definitely man-made. Someone made it. it. It didn't naturally come from a bat and just mutate inside the bat. This was made in the lab. But it's uh, the only, yeah, the only publication that has it is the Daily Mail. And that's someone that I actually see as a nonsense racist paper that I would never normally read. So most people don't read it. You will not see this article on the BBC 
or any kind of impartial media, they they, they shove it at the bottom of that. Sorry, are you trying to label BBC as impartial? <laughs> <laughs> that is like, that's even more nonsense than trying to label Daily Mail as reputable. <laughs> like BBC, absolute nonsense. In, um, and they just, they're horrendous. Oh. Possibly the most horrendous news coverage. They're at the shallow end of the shallow end of the pool, aren't they? They literally just never cover anything of, of any substance. Yeah, if, it, if it's left-wing, brilliant. If it's a left-wing doing something bad, we're not going to cover it. And if yeah. it's slightly against the government in this whole last year, we're not going to cover it, such as the protests. I know we we're going to try and stick to topic and on time. but <laughs> uh, Here we go. But, but <laughs> what... <laughs> to your point, I two things actually. I don't see, and it'll probably play out in time. So, but I don't see the bigger picture of why all of this has happened as such. But two, why are or why do we have independent media outlets out there that didn't decide at the time to be independent and kind of dig into it a little bit deeper and say, well, hold on here we're going to take the stance that we don't actually believe that it was, uh, well, non-man-made, and, and then therefore kind of run with the story a little bit more. I know. I, I don't yeah, think... Right, make sure cancel culture. You know, yeah. you think about the whole thing. Like, we've got this massive cancel culture. Oh, you're, you know, you're threatening grandma's life. So you, you kind of got that factor. And you've also got, if I remember reading correctly, the government was paying newspapers or media as a way of adverts to publish yeah. certain stories. Right. And the other one which has been circulating, I don't know how true it is, the government put a ban on reporting certain um, types of reporting within the first three months. Yeah, yeah, they, they made it illegal, yeah. So the, the government's basically issued like these 10 bullet point type things. And you, you had to stay to that narrative. And if you didn't, and, and the, then the way they've got the funneled the money in is they advertised. And obviously, because in a global pandemic, is locked down, loads of businesses cut loads of their advertising spend because what's the point advertising stuff if no one's got any money and everyone's locked at home? So the government filled that void. But then, obviously, as a part of that exchange, they go, well, you need to follow the narrative. If you start mm. breaking out and going, maybe we've got our own opinion on this, the funding that is keeping all your journalists paid is going to get cut. So it sticks to the narrative. Or, and, and also, I don't think people didn't want to hear it. Like if you if you went off the government narrative, you were instantly labelled a granny killer, conspiracy theorist, and even like and, and just deviating from maybe this virus isn't from a bat, it's man-made. That still doesn't really mean you're downplaying it. You're not. It doesn't mean you're against vaccines or masks or lockdown. It just literally you're just questioning the narrative to go maybe this is man-made and it just is that a possibility. Yeah, you, you would be still labelled a conspiracy theorist and a granny killer just for questioning that. So just wait till it all trickles out like lockdown lockdowns don't save life lives because it's proven you know you've got the American states they've proven it Texas Florida versus California done you know it's proven that masks are not effective um, it was said a year ago how it actually raised the amount of deaths in the Spanish flu by causing what was it bacter bacterial um, what's the chest infection called pneumonia yeah, pneumonia. You can tell my memory's not there because I'm overtired. Um, yeah, so, you know, the, the mask, because people aren't washing, wash but somehow we think that it's actually the right right thing to wear a mask, whereas to stop a virus, you have to wear, well, 
a full-on mask with the full-on filters on it, not just a rag which you can use for a bandana. So I think that's all going to come out. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Let, let's pivot the fake news into, into Bitcoin because Bitcoin, the, the whole Bitcoin <laughs> space has a massive problem with this. Obviously, like the last couple of pods we've had, the majority of it has been fake news. <laughs> whether it's China, again, <laughs> weirdly, they're always picking in there. <laughs> China and India, actually. India banned Bitcoin as well uh, and then unbanned it. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got Elon with the energy. And it was just it was a, a great, I think, blog article from Coinbase who do get a lot of shit in the space. But they're actually just putting a whole load of people, they're going to dedicate their blog to just reading um, and seeing what's, what social media is saying what the media is saying about Bitcoin and about them. They are doing it about Coinbase as well because they get a lot of mud slung at them. And they're just going to do impartial, fact-based, this is the information. And we're going to spend some proper time, like proper journalism. And they're not going to be doing you know, PR for Coinbase. They're just going to be putting out the information. So if anyone wants to combat the FUD, you can just link it to their article. And it just looks like a great initiative. This isn't just a normal blog it's not it's, it it's seems just, to be that they're trying to start a movement and i think if more people start doing what coinbase are doing here just putting out fact-based articles it's it looks like a great initiative but i feel like it's a little bit flawed after last year calling it a fact check i just look at it and think do you believe it you know the last year is just completely taken away anything in the media's credibility and that's not coinbase's fault that's a government of media you know it's been a horrendous shit show so I don't know how they actually spin that from, oh, yeah, here's an article um, compared to what's been published over last year. Here's an article. And we know it's not true, but we're telling you it's true. So how how do they spin that around? Because we can read it. You can keep on saying it. So on say, read this. And it makes sense because ABC and you can kind of show it adding up. But they're going to be like, eh, it's fake news because think, Fox yeah. News or whoever says it's fake I think going back to our article, sorry, article, uh, our topic, was it uh, number six or number five where we said to verify ourselves as well? What, don't trust verify? Yeah, don't trust verify. And How many people do people that? People I know. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? It's too hard when people have to actually engage the brain. But I personally... Yeah, you know, obviously practice what we preach, would go ahead and do that. I'd read it. I'd say, okay, great. Where else can I kind of corroborate the story somewhere else? Um, we've all spoken about the, the hassles that we had when we first got into Bitcoin because there wasn't that much information that was out there. We live in an information-rich society, but on the topic that we both or we all found really interesting, we couldn't find anything. Uh, or much. So I think this is good and it's a great initiative to start it. I mean, the 12 years that Bitcoin's been around, it's always had this fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And uh, I think it's time to, to kind of fight back and obviously put the truth <laughs> out there or search in there and for people to check it. Yeah. So this is what I think Elon's gone for with the whole um, drama which he played out over a couple of weeks. I think it's actually Angle which he's going for. Like I said, just think about it as 4D chess. You'll only be able to tell in time, but that's my bet that somehow that's going to raise the profile. But this is another, it's a good source and I'll be, you know, reading it. I'm guessing you probably have to follow on Twitter to then pick up the um, pick up the blog posts. So I'll follow them just to pick them up. Because it'll, te it'll teach me as well. 
you know, there's a lot which I don't know about crypto, um, you know, which we'll probably cover in future podcasts. Yeah, because I think that the problem is the people that write about Bitcoin are journalists by and large, and they don't, they're not experts in Bitcoin. Like the, the experts in Bitcoin are hidden in the Bitcoin space, doing the podcast, writing the books. So if you get into the rabbit hole that far, you get hold of those golden nuggets of those truth. But the, the mainstream just, because that's the thing, you know, it's, there's, I, I can't remember what the, there's actually a word for it, but basically when you're reading Sponsored. articles, no <laughs> sponsored by the bank of england sponsored by jp morgan <laughs> yeah of course there's that but there's a, there's a weird thing that we have as humans when we're reading articles so you'll be reading say a publication and you'll read about some sport about some politics about some investing and you'll be take that in as oh this all looks legit and then you come to a bitcoin one and you'll just realize it's got it's full of holes it's complete garbage and you'll just almost laugh then you turn the page read another one about politics and go oh that was interesting learned a lot and why did you why do you believe the first articles and the last one because you're not an expert in those so they mm. can influence you quite easily even though the one you were an expert in you clearly picked a load of holes in it so it's this very weird thing we have as humans where we we will trust the source if we don't understand the topic even though we have seen them being crazily wrong and they bitcoiners see this all the time and uh it's i think it, it's it's a great initiative because i think if we can actually get crypto slash bitcoin companies that actually pay people to put out good content that's that's what we need we don't need journalists writing about bitcoin they don't get it and they'll do they'll just follow the fuds and it's it's the thing is though the problem it gets clicks if you say bitcoin's boiling the oceans everyone's clicking that yeah. um if you if you try and write a really in-depth um analysis <laughs> of the energy use in bitcoin no one gives a shit about that that's hard it's reading i just want to hear the that, that just, if anything, people don't even read past the headline half the time. So we are on a, an uphill struggle here, but I think it's good. And uh, if more people do it, the better. Because the more, of course, we've got that are fact-based, written by experts to understand the topic, then... And yeah, if it does come from Elon, if Elon has started this fire, then fair play. It's going to be good for the space. Yeah. Well, we're saying three different approaches as well, which I thought was quite interesting. You've got turn me over cheek, basically ignore them because they're a fucking idiot. But then, you know, if that rumor actually spreads, fight. But if you're dealing with a fucking idiot, it can go on forever, as we've seen with particular individuals on Twitter. And then, <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> and then the first one, just publish the truth. Ignore what they're saying. Ignore their responses. This is what it is. And this is why. You know, may, may just take them a high road with publish the truth. Don't get into the arguments. Don't get into the dirty games. Just publish it. Yeah, no, I like it. Right, and then on the last pod, we were talking about where Bitcoin is in the global currency, weren't we? Yes, well, we were. Here we go for a pre-prepared screen. Boom, boom. So in the last one, I think we, we had Bitcoin at three. And I was very surprised when you said that. I'm like, wow, last time I checked, Bitcoin was 20-something. So I was amazed when I saw three. And, and I think the, the reason that article, it is a legit article, but for whatever reason, it was only counting the circulating supply of currency. So like the physical notes and coins that are oh. out there. But of course, there's shit tons of money in the central banks and in government. So you've got to include all that. So when you do include that, yeah, Bitcoin is currently 16th. And, uh, and weirdly, China have got quite a lead uh, on the, over the United States and the euro and the Japanese yen there. See, I was trying to understand that because 
maybe it's my understanding about economics, but the site, you know, it's always said that the US has the biggest economy, isn't it? So the amount of wealth or, or co- well, you know, it, so it's equivalent of what's that? Um, almost a billion um, Bitcoin. And then the United States is half that. bordering on half. So yeah. maybe I'm just misunderstanding that. But um, no, I think in reality, guess who told you that the United States is the powerhouse of the globe and no one can compete? <laughs> It links back to our previous article. Like literally, we just discussed it. It's the media and who pays because China is completely they they get zero advertising dollars into the Western space. They are the enemy, and they all get get downplayed as basically terrorists and bad people. It's the United States, the euro, and the pound, which are two, three, and four, five on there. They're the ones that are paying the majority of the media to write their articles. So guess who we get told who are the powerhouses? Yeah, of course. And with yeah, it, that, that's think, very, very trust, true. Don't trust Verify. Here's the verification. They're lying to you. China are double. You can pretty much add up the United States it, and the whole of Europe, and that's China. It doesn't surprise me, as we talked about last week, you know, the Americans, they've become fat and lazy, whereas China, they still believe they're in the struggle. They're, they're still going for it. They still want to be, you know, easily number one not going to be content with doubling it's going to be tripling but it'll be quadrupling and i just think that's a mentality where they're building like a you know proper steel mentality to this approach rather than while well, becoming um spoiled victims yeah and another thing i like about this screenshot is to down this right hand side max supply <laughs> unlimited 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 21 million here we are is there a, is there a currency in the world which is not unlimited it's not to my knowledge no they're they're all fiat they're all government owned they all just get done by the by the money printer so i know that the swiss roughly follows gold i can't remember what the exact term is for it so the swiss is actually one which isn't so bad Mm. with inflation um but they came off the gold standard a lot later than everyone else yeah yeah to a certain extent like governments are only as responsible as they're allowed to be so the higher up this list you are the more you can print because your currency is worth more and the united states are the ones number one that that, that is the global currency of the world that's the, the petrodollar so oh, yeah i uh, know it's, it's the us dollar mainly because the only reason the us dollar is so powerful is because uh, the entire world in after world war ii got told that you have to accept only dollars for your goods mainly the oil so they went and invaded the whole of the Middle East and went, we're going to price all your <laughs> oil. That's freedom. <laughs> <laughs> we did it in the 40s, though. So all the wars they've done since, I think that was them kicking off going, can we stop freaking having to buy stuff with dollars and sell you with dollars? Because you're not doing anything to get your dollars. You just print it and give us your dollars. And we have to give you natural resources that cost us legitimate money to get out the ground and freaking ship to you. And, uh, and whenever we want something off you... We have to pay you dollars and we can't count you accept our currency that we can just print out of thin air and america like no 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 we only want accept dollars so that's why there's, the dollars are number one there's also a law and they put people in well countries under sanctions if you don't follow the printing schedule of america which is probably the most corrupt fucking thing which i've ever seen i was like if you don't print a minimum of what we have per year we will put you on a sanctions list and then there's a country which is fairly close i was just like how does that work? 
I know it's it's literally it's the mafia. It's if you go back, like watch a gangster film, they they knock on your yeah. door and go, "How much for the protection money?" And I, well, I don't I need think... protection. It's like, well, you do now. I, if you don't pay us a thousand pounds a month, then but this highlights you know the real new. It kind of highlights the Bitcoin cause. Like you know, a lot of people don't understand why Bitcoin's popular. I didn't. <laughs> Darnell didn't. Gaz did, and he kept on telling us, but it just went woof. <laughs> um, you know, misses a key point is literally they are um, inflating the cash supply, devaluing your assets, well, cash in the bank. Um, your, your house may be increasing in value, but your wage probably isn't. And that, that's a pro- problem with fiat. And I think that's, if people could actually understand that and see it, I think that's when you, you would see Bitcoin being adopted by people as a store of, um, of value. Absolutely. Goes back but, to the point of the countries mining uh, Bitcoin, the likes of Iran and North Korea and uh, and Pakistan as well, so that they can't be controlled by the sanctions that would that would inform, that would unfortunately be uh, imposed on them. It'd be amazing if we saw the rise of the next powerhouse somewhere like Pakistan off the back yeah. of mining and buying Bitcoin. That would just be my favorite thing ever if it happens in 10 years time i'd like yes i told you wife i told you i wasn't selling my bitcoin <laughs> i know it, it will it will be beautiful it's just that the, the problem is like obviously the the way that that would get pitched to us through the media that it, it would get twisted in just as china right. now china have done everything legitimate they don't they, they not, not might not be the nicest people to their people they undoubtedly are a dictatorship and there's some very dodgy stuff that's gone on there but by and large, their business practices are completely legitimate, and they have they have grown to their position just through good old capitalism, and they are demonized. So if a country like Pakistan or whatever like pop up somewhere, um, because they are the first ones to adopt, adopt the Bitcoin standard, I can guarantee that gets twisted. I can guarantee it will not be a hero story. They will be the villains. We will find a reason to villainize them. It's, just... it's like Russia was was a villain because they rose up, joined numerous countries together, and had the big USSR, didn't they? They were yeah. villains. And all it, well, was the kind of Cold War against the US, but it wasn't a war as we typically know it. And they have vilified for it. And then it fell apart. And then we China rises up. I just think China are too smooth, too well run for that to happen to them. It'll be the US, so it happens to. Yeah, guaranteed. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, I think, over the, the next 10 years, because I think what people, I think what the big powers have realized is they did have a huge reliance on China. So they're using the whole the pandemic thing as a reason to kind of bring, bring manufacturing back in-house. So they've got it within their, their country borders. And it's going to be super interesting to watch that play out because... You can't just do that without having an impact on prices of goods. We have got so used to everything being so cheap. And I think that that, and this is, again, I think I mentioned this before, like that's why we've been hidden from a lot of the inflation that has really happened. Our goods have not gone up as much as they should have, but it's because we are using slave labor in China. And when this fact comes out, it's, I genuinely think it's going to be like when slavery of you know, black people was suddenly outlawed. Like it was crazy and it really disrupted the whole society because suddenly, oh, I don't have free labor. My business doesn't make money now. It's like, well, guess what? Your business sucks because you should be paying those those people properly. So when they had to do it, it was a huge transition. The price of goods went flying through the roof. 
and um and it, yeah and, and and suddenly everyone looked back and went we can't believe we did that and we're still like, obviously suffering with the consequences now we are doing exactly the same thing to chinese people right now everybody knows it nobody seems to care because the, the the slaves that we have now don't live in our homes and aren't in the, in the fields outside they're all the way across the, the ocean in china so I because they're so iPhone. far you are I may make your iPhone. They make everything. And I, I see Darnell's, um, what are they called? Pods. AirPods. <laughs> AirPods. Yeah, they, they yeah, make everything. That, they make everything. Yeah, probably the laptop which I'm on, my headphones, yeah. microphone, yeah. my phone, and well, actually that's South Korea. But yeah, and it's really sad. But we we by, by buying these goods, right? We are enabling. It's 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 the same. Living 200 years ago. And, and having slaves to, to run our businesses. Like we would feel ashamed by that now and gone, I can't believe we did that. We should have obviously been paying people and not keeping slaves. We are doing right now by buying, the problem is there's zero choice. Like if you try and avoid China made goods, good luck. Like everything freaking bypasses China in some shape or form. Like Apple are very clever. They, go, they say like designed in California and then a tiny light is below it, made in China. So yeah. it's, we all yeah, and it's uh, I genuinely think back, but I think the the hard thing is is that we don't want to pay the costs to your point guys we, you know if we try to do it we just know why are we paying not even double it's like triple quadruple if not more it's probably 10x yeah. yeah they get paid like pennies like a pound a day that's it's ridiculous like, that's not but this but this is you know, the whole thing when, when we don't have a steady currency, a steady understanding of actual costs, it's impossible to actually tell what the true cost should be of these goods. Like you're saying, it should be 10 times. It's debatable. We just don't know also unless we actually had. Greed of man. Yeah. Yeah. But I genuinely think if we could fast forward 200 years, they'll be looking back on the last couple of generations and probably the generations going forward at the China slave system and they will and we'll have the whole council culture with like you know black lives matter we'll have china lives matter like in 200 years they'll be looking back on this going and china will be asking for reparations going you freaking enslaved us for generations like we want to freaking all those goods you got for free like we want freaking paying like you lived the life of luxury we were in factories getting paid a pound a day how about we freaking get some get some money now and i, I genuinely think we're living through it and we can't see it and, and, and look what we're doing, just as they did back then. You, know, you, you dehumanize the people you enslave. You make them into animals. And that's what we're doing with China. It's like, again, it, it feeds into the virus thing. It's just a nice coincidence that the, the virus started there. There was a dictatorship. Just another reason to demonize them and make them almost appear like less than human to us. So it justifies, oh, who cares if they're being enslaved? You know, they're nasty people anyway. And in reality, yeah. the majority of people in China are perfectly good people. The the top 100 that run their government, total scumbags. But the other billion, they're perfectly nice people and we're benefiting from their slavery. And it's a, it's a definitely a dilemma. It's getting deep again, guys. I know. I, know. <laughs> I didn't even think we were going to go there. But um, we, we got our Bitcoin learning section, if you want to go into that, with quantum computing. God. Don't know, do you have a read up about this? I thought, we, I, I, thought I'd like, this. I thought I'd um, leave Dan out to lead this one as our quantum computing expert. <laughs> My understanding is that I'm going to pass it over to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were actually going to have a go then. I was like, go on, lad. Go on, see, we can do it. 
I've got like two threads which I've read about. So there's undermining Bitcoin, so hacking it. And then there's also uh, mining it. So it seems like quantum computing can be used for both. So from what I was reading, they're saying that we reckon it'll be hackable within five to 30 years. And that's based upon, sorry, I'm just finding my notes, the figures. So currently, I don't know how you say this, but it's QU bits um, as quantum computing power. And we need 4,000 QU bits in order to break the Bitcoin network. So five to 30 years, it could be, you know, buggered from what I could read. It's hard to find anything kind of beyond that surface. But apparently they still need your public keys to hack it. Um, and then there's some mining, mining bit as well. So, I mean, it's one which I haven't read into at all before. So I don't really know what to make of it. Um, so is it going to be better for mining? So it's, I don't know, is it less energy intensive? Um, or is it just going to cause problem on hacking completely? Yeah. Wasn't there a section on this in the uh, Bitcoin standard as well? Yeah, I think he does talk about quantum computing a little bit. Yep. Yeah. It's in there. Um, it's a classic FUD. There's like six different FUD topics, and quantum computing is one of them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, to my understanding, like you said, if if computers are running currently at 50 and they need to get to 4,000 to be able to do so, then uh, as we know, technology evolves at a rapid pace it's years away but equally we should be thinking that at the same time span that quantum computing will evolve so will bitcoin and so hopefully the two will never meet and they'll just shift along equally uh, so for everything that they try to improve the network will equally improve itself um, that's my take on it yeah. i have said that there's been a proposal about how to encrypt well encrypt it maybe um using an, in, a new standard back in 2017 it's put forward but it's i think when it's first looked at that's literally it from me so guys you're gonna have to explain it for dummies now yeah okay yeah well quantum computing essentially it's one of those topics it's a little bit like time travel where there's early theories that go it's possible, but when you really dig into it and, and you get into the real core laws of physics, it seems not to be possible. So it's one of these things that some scientists believe in it, but the majority think it's a pipe dream and this is never going to really be possible. Uh, and the, the core concept of what quantum computing is, is that computers can only do one thing at once. They literally just, they just go from point A to point B and they just solve a problem. And the only way to make computers faster is to have multiple cores and then you basically do lots of things in one go and that's why you can run multiple programs on your computer at one time they're only just doing one thing they just do one thing very very fast and um so the reason why that's the, typically how computers are um, no one has figured out a way of making a computer work any faster than that just by putting more cores in them quantum computing basically means it can do infinite things all at once extremely quickly literally almost like a nuclear explosion. It just goes bang, everything's done instantly. So what that does and why that is a potential problem for Bitcoin. What's sex life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's your sex life when you're 18, yeah. Boom, <laughs> <laughs> everything's done in a second. <laughs> and uh, 
God, I've lost my train of thought now. I'm thinking about quantum <laughs> computing. Now I'm thinking about freaking that. <laughs> See, me, me, Donnell and I want different trains of thought. I was thinking about the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and the meaning of life. Donnell's talk, talking about sex life at 18. <laughs> yeah, so, so essentially... What... We needed a soundbite. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the soundbite right there. Um, so yeah, so why that's why that's um, important to computers and, and pretty much the entire internet is that we the entire internet is secured with encryption. And the only reason why encryption is is unhackable is because to it's like to decode your emails or to solve a Bitcoin block or to hack Bitcoin, you have to solve a very complex encryption uh, that at the moment would take thousands of years to even solve using every supercomputer in the world. The, the theory with quantum computing is that suddenly it goes from thousands of years to two seconds. I can break any encryption, so I can just walk in through any firewall. I can read everyone's emails. I can go in and change a Bitcoin transaction. I can mine any Bitcoin I want instantly, the second anyone has a quantum computer. So whilst it is definitely like a legitimate like, threat to Bitcoin, like if, if you've invented quantum computing, is that the first thing you're going to go for? Because the second you use your quantum computing power on, on Bitcoin and change something, the value of Bitcoin goes to zero anyway. So whatever you've stolen is worthless. Mm. Or do you want to go in? Depends and... the Fed get it. Yeah, oh, exactly. Or do you want to go hack the bank? Do you want to hack? You, know, you can hack. There's a million things to hack. Essentially, encryption and security of our entire online kind of presence and everything we do online is open. Everything, the, the doors are just wide open. They can just walk into yeah. any anything, in and out, in and out. Um, so... The, the whole FUD kind of gets knocked down by, number one, it's probably impossible. So they've been trying to do quantum computing for the last couple of decades. Yeah, those whole qubit things. You need to get to 4,000 qubits to even start making impact. I think, I think yeah, maybe it's about 50. And that is already, like, it's just nowhere near. Like, they're, they're so, so far away. 80 times, and if it's taken them decades. So you think about the advances in technology some. Once you get to a certain point, they accelerate. Some, once you get to a certain point, they struggle to progress. You know, it takes decades and decades to get, like, say, even another 10 um, qubits. So you, I you're, right. Really... you're right. But the, the problem is, it's like the, the scientists go, it's not possible now. You've gone as far. Like, you've basically just proven some theory, but they haven't really got anything working. So this is it's very much, they like do liken it to time travel, where you think it's possible. You think you can, like, split time and space and, like, dip in and out and wherever you want to come out but then you get so through so far through the theory you get kind of through page one two three and four and you go oh we've just proven the theory this actually isn't possible now this isn't how time and space works that's what a lot of people and like there's some great bitcoiners that i've heard talk on this subject that's their view on quantum computing you've gone through the theory you've gone through the first couple of steps and essentially have disproven it you've gone nope that is not a legitimate theory so it isn't following Moore's law, as in you don't. We don't have a version one. If you have a version one, then then you can start to to go up that curve. We don't have a version one. They they had a version zero point one, and then have not got past that. So it's it's likely but, not a threat to Bitcoin. But if it's got Ethereum as a theory of how to make the Bitcoin network quantum computing hack, um, unhackable. Then it goes hand in hand that you know there could be major improvements to Bitcoin if it is if it gets to say a thousand qubit qubits, yeah. You know that that improvement gets put in. Yeah, that that's the great thing about the Bitcoin space as well. Yeah, we we have like the best encryption developers in the world working on Bitcoin. 
So if anything comes along that is a threat to encryption, our guys are going to be right at the front of that queue. And before anything else is secured, I can guarantee Bitcoin is, will, will be secured before your bank account. So it's still like even even if some type of encryption smasher comes up, your Bitcoin is probably safer than your your pounds and dollars. Equally, Good could top. Uh, Bitcoiners uh, not use the quantum computing for their own good as well, and again, making the encryption even tighter. Yeah, exactly. That that's exactly what would happen. Yeah, they'd be at the forefront of it. So the yeah. second, if if that like the ability to to break it existed, they would build the next layer of encryption that is quantum secure yes. into Bitcoin, and it's most likely the first quantum secure network in the world will be Bitcoin, mm -hmm. and your bank is going to be four hundred eighty six. They're probably going to have to just shut down the bank for a period of years whilst they figure it out and go, we can't open everyone's bank account. We have to shut down the apps because hackers are just walking in, taking your money and walking out again. This is a, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be, it'll be complete chaos for the world. If um, encryption gets broken on a mass scale. Yeah. That's our Bitcoin learning lesson. On the say, interesting today. topic. <laughs> Learned something again this week. Yeah. So um, yeah, really, it's, it's actually probably quite a joint, isn't it? And you see the the marathon mining stories that were coming out this week. Well, didn't we touch upon that last week about yeah. regulation? So like, I had a read about it, and it's it's a company called Marathon Digital Holdings. Hmm. So they're the ones who are pushing this, as in, let's make it a regulated space. And you know, Gaz's face last week was just like, no chance. <laughs> this is not your world. This is ours. It's a world of the plebs. Get out um, of my pub. Yeah, so we want to be compliant with US regs. So I'm guessing that's like the Patriot Act and um, OFAC and various other things. But when they did it, they um, put these stamps so you, they could only pull up blocks which had been through their process. But they ended up with dark web, web transactions and then ended up in there as well. So it's too easy to undermine. I think this was, was even without a lot of effort. It ended up... Um, with, with bad ones so I think you put in something around Taproot to kind of help stop this so I'm guessing it, you meant Coinjar and Taproot so you're just going well the Bitcoin's clean now well yeah what, what, what they were doing is yeah they were censoring transactions in blocks so they were saying we're only going to pass regulated transactions and they were also not signaling to enable Taproot so they were because the thing is like for Taproot to be activated we need the miners to signal that they are going to mine taproot blocks and marathon weren't signaling for that they were one of the few big miners that were actively not signaling for it so and then they also went to the mining council with elon the other day so they kind of had hit three things bad in <laughs> the course of two weeks i'd never even heard of marathon before this and in three weeks they got flagged for yeah they're going to say we're going to do regulated blocks we're going to not signal to upgrade to Taproot. And by the way, we're talking about to Elon about energy usage. It's like, you're wasting your time. You're an enemy to Bitcoin. What the fuck's going on? So they've got a new CEO. It's only come in in the last 30 days, he said. And a lot of this stuff was already in action. He hasn't had anything to do with it. He put a video up on Twitter and basically saying, we apologize for all this. The regulated <laughs> blocks are going away. Because the thing is, like, Bitcoiners, we were out for them. We're like, 
we're going to put an update into Bitcoin that fucks off Marathon. Like, we're going to identify <laughs> them and fucking cut them out of the network. Like, fuck those guys. Like, they're an enemy. Like, we don't like them. I, and like, the good thing is, like, once you turn on Bitcoin, it's um, like people don't work for you now. Like, you're a Bitcoin company and you're the most hated company in Bitcoin in the last three weeks. And undoubtedly, like, people are probably saying, like, we want to leave. Like, we, yeah. so they've, they've had to act. And this is why, again, like, the plebs on Bitcoin, we do have power. We're like, we're the immune, <laughs> we're like the immune system for Bitcoin. Like we we will freaking hunt it out. And if there's a bad actor that is signaling for bad things for Bitcoin, we will call you out. And um, and eventually, it, it, and it's caused change. Like their CEO has come online and gone, "Sorry for the regulator blocks. We completely reversed all that. We are now signaling for Taproot and this the mining council thing. We're just going to go, but we we don't believe Bitcoin has an energy problem. Like great that you've just gone from enemy to friend." Well done. You've addressed your your mistakes. They were mistakes. You were just you just had bad leadership. You know, the founders of Marathon are long gone, which I think they're the proper Bitcoiners. This is always the problem with companies when they get passed over to new ownership. The original founders know the ethos and the vision of the company. Then just business people come in and just think, oh, I'm just going to run it like a business. And they've gone, no, this isn't just a normal business. This is a Bitcoin business. You need to run it with the vision of Bitcoin. Otherwise, you're going to fail. And this, this fair play to this new CEO, he's realized that, he's addressed it, he's told Bitcoin Twitter what, what his views are. And um, yeah, it's it's great that they, now they're a friend of Bitcoin. Well done. Do you think there's, there's an issue here um, with the people that have gotten into Bitcoin and got burnt and then the true Bitcoiners? And they're kind of two opposing one another. So the true Bitcoiners know that there's volatility in the marketplace. So yeah, guess what? Things in terms of the price, it will go down at times. But then obviously the on the other hand, we're like, yeah, see you in 2024, or if not, have fun staying poor. <laughs> and then that also, um, you know, like, kind of like the the relationship between the two playing out on a social media stage so one wants to hear the fud and then the other wants to actually tell the truth and and that clash yeah well i think it's beautiful because the thing is with bitcoin and twitter like we disagree like we fight the amount of arguments within bitcoin twitter like it's crazy yeah. and even on this marathon subject like not everyone agreed that what they were doing was wrong like there's a small percentage that went oh no they're running their business legitimately it's absolutely fine and mm. other bitcoiners just went for the juggler and others a bit more measured it's like there's every it's a proper like it's almost like bitcoin where it is decentralized where none, none of us are on the payroll we're all just independent following what we think the vision for bitcoin should be that's what we relay on to other people and that's all that happens we just all relay our views online and occasionally we spot something like this and it's very clearly that like, this person was was not right. And I, I think it, it is whenever I think about this stuff, like it does get close to cancel culture. And I are I we say, are yeah. we canceling someone just because oh. they said something we find offensive and all that? Yeah. But I feel cancel culture is something which has crept into mainstream society through social media where it's changing views like you're a dinosaur, your view isn't right, whereas Bitcoin is kind of what you're getting at, it's pure. And that's how I see it is, you know, this is the vision, is a vision of pure money or value, which a government can't fuck with like they have um, we've done in the past. And so I get that. Yeah. So I think this this is exactly what 
cancel culture, in my view, should be. Like, I think people should be canceled like, if they do step out of line and aren't following the ethos of what they should be doing. Whereas the problem is cancel culture at the moment is we're canceling you for accidentally saying something sexist or racist 15 years ago, which is clearly nonsense. And no matter how many times you apologize, it doesn't matter. You're still canceled. You get banned from everything. You lose your job. We want to see you in prison, ideally. But this, I think this marathon mining is a perfect example, right? So they, they stepped out and we essentially tried to cancel them and go, this is wrong. You are signaling something wrong. We do not agree with your views. We want you out of Bitcoin. They came back and apologized and went, you know what? We did outstep this. We will, we will amend our ways and fit into the ethos of Bitcoin. <coughs> Immediately, Bitcoin Twitter went, right, you kind of, we're wary of you now. Like you've, you've, you've been a slight threat to Bitcoin, but now you're fully accepted back. No punishment, no problem. It's absolutely fine. And I think that's what council culture should be. Like you mm. step out of line, people call you for it. If you then go, look, I'm sorry, I didn't really know what I was doing. Oh, okay, fine. You get another life. Whereas, it's a gro- it's a grown up conversation, isn't yeah. it? Yes, exactly. That's how adults should act, exactly. Yeah, yeah good point. Yeah. So I actually, I, well, personally, I back that massively. I, I get where the Bitcoin is coming from, and I think the whole conversation, like, yeah, you're back in the fold, is you know testament to Bitcoiners as well. It shows they're not just um, well, they are plebs, but they're not. Um, <laughs> I think not, it goes to the point where we should also be asking people to prove, guess what, you know, trust and verify exactly what we, we keep on preaching about. Let them say what they want to say, but then equally let them actually prove the fact of what they're saying. And if what they're saying is right, hold our hands up and be absolutely wrong. But that way we learn what is actually going on. And that way we can kind of say, okay, didn't know that. That's a great point. If not, go back. Yeah. It's like, it's like when I launched my app into the Bitcoin space, I was terrified because yeah. I knew I was launching this into Bitcoin Twitter and it was an educational product. So I was claiming <laughs> to be essentially like a bit of an authority on this space. Yeah. And, and true enough, when I first launched it, first couple of weeks, loads of like quite aggressive feedback about certain just wording of certain things like oh you talk about altcoins here why is it not shit coins i'm like i wanted to say that but um like apple would ban me and like because they don't like swear words in apps and i would suddenly then kids couldn't download my app it would have to be 18 plus i don't want to make my app 18 plus just so i can say the word shit coin and like so i had to explain myself and i was right up there i was a bit like where marathon are now I put myself above the power pit and um, trying to do a good thing for Bitcoin. And yeah, I got shot at, shot at quite a few times for not being aggressive enough in certain areas for being, actually I exposed some of what Satoshi is and what he um, does and what Bitcoin he may own. So I went back and went, you know what? Fair play guys. Okay. I've kind of maybe doxed Satoshi a little bit and given too much of his personal information out that it's technically public, but I don't want to be part of, <laughs> yeah. part of propagating it. So I will remove it. So I removed some information there. I went a bit harsher in other areas, and then they, then they were fine. You just got a, you got a, and, and it's it's all good. It's like that everything they were saying was right, and um, some of it's too extreme. They want it just to be completely like, now you need to say shitcoin, you need to say scam. Like I don't want to go. I, that I think far. the approach is a bit too hard. I think it's a completely different topic, but I think 
as someone who's relatively new to the area, I kind of think the shit coin and I've seen some posts of various people where it is, it, it's full on. And you kind of think maybe it's a little bit too intimidating um, to help ease in new um, new investors or, yeah. or people investigating the general area. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Because, you know, we again, we've all admitted there's so much around Bitcoin and the understanding of Bitcoin that it's hard for people to get their head around it. And if they don't believe it, and not a lot of people are willing to educate themselves, if you put that barrier up to begin with, they'll just turn off and therefore they'll get in, get wrecked, and then talk about Bitcoin just being a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, I, I do agree. It's a, it's a, the thing is you have to remember is that a lot of these people have been here for 12 years. We've just had enough. This is their like third cycle of shitcoining. And... um they're all out of patience. So that's why the whole have have fun staying poor meme came about because we used to try and address these things with accurate conversations. Mm-hmm. And when someone doesn't want to listen and they just want to pump their money into a scam, they don't listen to reason. So sometimes just memeing and being aggressive and have fun staying poor, it is easier. So it can come across as aggressive and the whole toxic Bitcoin maximalist c- c- comes across as aggressive. <laughs> yeah, well, it is aggressive then. Yeah, fine. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's people just haven't can't be bothered anymore. And sometimes it's like if you're not going to listen, then fine, don't listen. Just have fun staying poor, and we walk away. And uh, it's yeah, it's, it's one of those things like we haven't got infinite time to talk. It's literally like how the whole fake news stuff to to it to like dismiss FUD is it takes a hundred times more effort to dismiss FUD than it is to spread it. Yeah. And that's the problem. Like you can so easily say, just put out a tweet from your account that has 5 million followers, Bitcoin's boiling the oceans. For us to disprove that, we have to put in a lot (laughs) of work, like 15 tweets, freaking cited with sources. It's so hard to like dismiss that little tweet. It might've been a throwaway comment. It It might've been a joke. So instead, we just lambast that thread with have fun staying poor and go on our way. Like just, we haven't got time for it every day. Yeah, one of my favourite accounts is Safer Dean Amos, mainly because I love him, but the second is the insults which he puts out. Oh, so I think it did. was, yeah, I think it's someone about XRP or something, trying to shill him. And he said um, something on the lines, the biggest mistake for you is learning to read is you've wasted that gift. <laughs> 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 it was something along those lines and it didn't. I was like, that is possibly one of the best insults which I've seen, but I think it's a bit smooth from what I what I remember. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, because like, at this point, when I don't know how long XRP has been around, but it's probably seven or eight years. If you're buying that shit coin now, then there's no hope for you. Like you have not Googled it even once. Like you just so what is the point in explaining to someone that's a scam? Like gee, like so yeah, just insult the fact that they're wasting their ability to read. Like, why not? Like, it's funny. <laughs> um, wasn't Safer Dean doing a, a debate with somebody that we saw? Um, yes, he's doing with the um, oh, the guy who's he's quite well um, backed in his opinions. Oh, I'm trying to remember his um, name now. Yeah, Jordan um, Peterson. Yes, oh. I sent I sent a video to our group where he um, was talking about. Um, sexism some um feminist yeah. was trying to take him down and he destroyed her in about one minute and she just sat there mouth open 
Because yeah, again, that, that, going back to the whole kind of putting people down and that smooth, slick talking, I think that will be uh, yeah, really it'll, interesting. It'll be interesting him trying to rip rip Sofa Dean apart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Jordan Peterson is genuinely curious. He's he's just he's got a big following. He's a very intelligent guy. He's curious. And uh, yeah, he he he, he I, I've listened. I've been a big fan of Jordan Peterson. Yeah, ever since that gender stuff i think it, what it was he got famous from a, a student i think it was non-gender specific or something and i think he called a she which she clearly was a girl but she was like oh i'm non-binary you can't refer to me as that and he basically just went i can refer to you as what i want da, 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 and just he got famous from that and then he's got a massive <laughs> yeah. platform now but yeah he, he's very skeptical of the whole woke kind of left side he's skeptical of government but he's not a bitcoiner yet so it'll be interesting to see if when is when is that? I'm trying to find it now online. I can't. It must be soon. Find... Yeah, I can't see anything on Google. Um... Hopefully, it hasn't got cancelled. I'm pretty sure it's meant to be at the end of I... May. I think so. Yeah, I, if I haven't so seen well. it. Might mean it might have fallen through. Which hopefully yeah. it didn't. That, that would have been a great conversation with those two because they're both intellectual head heavyweights. So I love exactly. love listening to intellectual, especially an intellectual heavyweight that hasn't got Bitcoin yet. Like, let's just hear that conversation between Saifedean and someone that is you know PhD level talking about Bitcoin and just seeing how they get along with it, see what their questions are, see how he takes it, to see what happens. Yeah, I, I can't see anything. Maybe we'll uh, come back to that on next week's podcast as well. Because that'd be really good. Um, is everybody a subscriber of the uh, the Bitcoin Standard podcast as well? Yeah, I've listened to enough of it. Yeah, I hate his intro. I'll say that his intro is so fucking annoying. It's like pre-recorded. Like I always try and skip that first two minutes. It's awful. <laughs> it needs to get rid of that. Like the conversation's great, but that intro is awful. Yeah. Well, there's sixty of them, so uh, yeah, it's definitely worthwhile. Uh, for anyone else out there learning about the space, um, I always point to the Bitcoin Standard as the book to go to, and uh, and educating themselves about money. Um, you know, us plebs in regular jobs have just received our two percent inflation pay rise. Um, Ross, you get yours in the uh, in the mail. And uh, I was going to say, I don't think I did. I think I'm not worthy of that. Oh yeah. no. You're not even inflation worthy. The fake inflation no. as well. Like, yeah, I, I actually. I was going to say, admittedly, I did move job. Yeah, uh, okay, that'd, be, that'd be why. Then that'd be why. Work colleague. So yeah, you're right. I haven't seen it either. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we do get the two percent. Whereas this, you'd be like, well, it's more with trickle down. It's probably more like fourteen percent, fifteen percent. Can I have that? No. Yeah. yeah. We're going to pretend it's two percent. <laughs> Uh, it's, an, it's never a big reason, isn't it? It's never a big reason to keep inflation low, like at least the public one, because, because again, who who runs the who who pays for the government and who you know, makes sure certain people get in power by lobbying and donations? It's the the billionaires, the big businessmen, and uh, they don't want inflation to come out at fifteen, twenty percent, because that means most employees expect, even if they haven't done a better job, just to keep stable, <laughs> is inflation rise with wages. You have twenty percent inflation we get published everyone suddenly wants a 20 percent pay rise and uh there's it's like now nah, let's just say it's two and uh i'll keep the 18 on the side for myself i i like 
I like people paying 20% more for the goods and me paying 2% more for my staff. That's <laughs> the current equation I like. <laughs> 100%. It's, it's so depressing because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also true as well because people uh, typically only have one source of income. And so if you've only got that and you're reliant and dependent on it and you're not prepared to think outside of the box or, you know, put a little bit of the money aside for a store of wealth or a digital currency, we won't get into that debate as to what we want to call it. But, you know, there's lots of other things that they could be doing with their money. And I think I mentioned it on uh, last week's podcast, probably not doing with their money as well. Well, I think a good good recommendation for a book is what you recommended rich dad poor dad yeah because that talks about the second income so it's one which i think is worth recommending so i think we do between us probably cover quite a lot of books but i seem to be a couple of books behind darnell at the moment um picking up what he's been reading what he's been recommending and that's one which i think i've got about 50 pages left of and it has been a really good read it has made me think a lot yeah, but at the moment um, my money is in Bitcoin. <laughs> well, it's a Bitcoiner now, uh, and he he's been somebody the somebody that's been converted as well from not being and totally it, it, against it. He's got a lot of books as well, so be interested if he does put a book out around Bitcoin. See what his view is. Mm. I think he'd partner with somebody if he did, because he's quite open to saying that he's not. Uh, technology savvy and he's never been into stocks either so uh but bitcoin he's all good with bitcoin yeah. silver and gold yeah he's, and yeah, gold. he's one of those he's like he's like um he, <coughs> a more like fragrant like max kaiser but they were both both um they both realized the frailties of the society and the economy and were both massive gold bugs but then when bitcoin came along had the adaptability to go oh maybe gold is not the answer now mm. switch to bitcoin so max flipped fully rich dad poor dad guy hasn't switched fully still owns gold but he has now quite a large percentage of bitcoin so i always respect people that kind of spotted the problem came up with the answer and then actually amended their answer when new information came in because when they made their gold buys this is in the 90s or early 2000s mm -hmm. like bitcoin was 20 years away from being invented so they nailed it. They were absolutely right that the fiat system is. He's, all, he's also heavily property. I think that's probably yeah. his number one, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think his number one. I think his business. Like he runs a very good business, and it's like just you control your income. But then once you've got your income coming in, yeah, it's like where do you store your value once the money's coming in? And yeah, he has a good diversified portfolio where it comes to property and gold, and now also Bitcoin. But funnily enough, as well, it's got a, an interesting book with uh, Donald Trump about why we want you to be rich. And it, without reading it, I would probably have a very intelligent guess. It's because of the way that fiat money is, is uh, created and used and how to potentially leverage against that um, utilizing debt and, uh, and strategies such as your own business and investing into yourself. Well, as always. Yeah, it, 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 that does scream slightly of, I'll show you how to be rich. And in reality, the only thing, the only person to get rich at the end of that book is the person who wrote the book. It, it, it was <laughs> we, why we want you to be rich, not how to get rich, to be yeah. fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, 
I don't know. You know, once upon a time, Trump wasn't, I'm probably going to, yeah, this will be a meme. He wasn't that bad of a guy. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, obviously his views certainly changed a lot as well. Yeah. yeah well, controversially, like, I, I don't mind Trump at all. I, I think yeah. he's just, I think he's just a very cutthroat businessman. Like I, I watched the whole documentary on him and he screwed people over along the way, but like, he's just a cutthroat businessman. Like he did, yeah. he did deals. Sometimes if he ever did a gentleman's deal with you, he would always screw you. And then this, the second he doesn't want to get screwed, he'll make sure there's a contract. And it's just, yeah, it's a little bit dirty, but he just did what he did to get to the top. And, and yeah, the, the reasons why he tries, like a lot of the bullshit that gets said against him, like, go on, give me some evidence that he's sexist, he's racist, he's all these things. Like, go on, like actually legitimate stuff, like not just yeah. God comment, because of course he spouts a lot of shit and just speaks whatever he's speaking. Yeah, it goes about 80 as well. Yeah, like, yeah, it comes from a different era. Like yeah, you, you gotta yeah. think that the amount. Well, just look at Joe Biden, what he said. Yeah, well, he, he's not. He's got a freaking dementia. But like, put any of our grandparents upon. Well, he sniffs little girls' hair. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and that that was actually one of the things that goes back to topic number one. Like all those videos of him sniffing hair. They all got deleted from YouTube once he ran for president. They got deleted. Like, if you search for <laughs> creepy Joe Biden, like sniffing hair, barely anything comes up now. <laughs> it all got removed. It got scrubbed. There you go. Dodgy motherfuckers. But uh, we're going to, to Mark's topic. Mark sent something into the group today. Yeah. Even though Mark, who yeah. sent it in and then doesn't turn up for it. He's <laughs> too busy being under the thumb, isn't he? Oh, there we go. First insult. It's taken a long time to get there. Oh, it's forgotten he exists now. He yeah. does. Um, yeah, in fairness, I'm sure he'll be listening. So, fuck you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> With your Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can all unite um, by the fact that, like, we all agree with fuck you, Mark. We all agree yeah. with that. <laughs> It, re reading this one, so this is about oh, what company did he work for? And he was some Apple. kind of yeah, he was Apple. like hold yeah, what a name. <laughs> was he director of compliance? Was his position? Right. Yeah, he was the yeah. chief compliance officer, the freaking right. top guy, top top guy. CCO. He's been accused of stealing what was it, half a million sterling, so around about seven hundred um, seven hundred thousand dollars. Is what he's being accused of. 35 Bitcoin, yeah. But then it, it's a bit odd. Like the article which I read, it's saying, oh, he's saying breach of contract, you know, so it's one against the other. But his previous company said there were claims around his company credit card, what, like he paid for a stripper or something on it. You know, yeah. no detail there. We've all it's done just that. A too. <laughs> 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 Never had a company credit card, so. It's put it for own expenses. Yeah, it's going to say expenses. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it just seems scraping about, oh, yeah, former company said this yeah. about the credit card. It's like, what about the credit card? Has he bought beer with his meal when he's only allowed soft drinks? <laughs> you know, what, what exactly is it? And then the final one was a private investigator claims he has falsified documents. Who? Is this a private investigator who's been paid for this? Or what? So... I don't know what way to look at this one. I don't know if it's a pile of rubbish. It's just about, oh, yeah, he's gone, breached a contract, and they've gone, 
fuck you, you're not getting any money, and it's been a bit of a fight, or has it actually genuinely been him stealing? What do you think, Darnell? I think um, I think a company like that would have had controls in place, regardless of him and his position as a chief compliance officer, to allow them to see beforehand if anything has gone on, especially to that value. You'd like to think so anyway, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's the thing. I, I have no clue whether it's true or not. It seems to be he said, she said at the moment. So we'll, yeah. see, we'll see in the court case. But the, the fact that he's run off to Dubai and this company is chasing him <laughs> for it looks looks bad. Like there's not many companies when you like kind of like sue them for unfair dismissal or whatever it might be. They don't normally countersuit with something this serious. Like to say you've stolen $2 million worth of Bitcoin from us and we have evidence. Because it sounds like for them to know that they he's what it seems to be in the story is that he has faked emails to make it look like customers asked to withdraw funds to certain Bitcoin addresses. Mm. And those Bitcoin addresses have been proven to be his. So for them to be saying that, that sounds like customers have complained to go, what the hell, my account's been emptied. What's happened there? And they've looked into it and gone, holy shit. Yeah, your account has been emptied and there's no support request for this. Oh, but there was a support request. Oh, it looks like our chief security officer uh, forged them. So it's, I don't know. It's it, it could be... It could be lies, but I think the only takeaway that I take away from this really is Uphold is a custodian of Bitcoin. And if you trust a custodian, then you are risking your Bitcoin being stolen either from the outside and then getting hacked or internal people turning bad and just taking your Bitcoin from the inside. And it looks like in, in this case, it's only $2 million, which for Uphold is a relatively small amount of money. They've just put the Bitcoin back for everyone that lost the Bitcoin. So they're just going to have to take the hit on it unless they can get it back from this guy that's fled to Dubai. Sorry, you're saying $2 million. I thought it's half a million. Well, it's, it said $2 million in the article. I read. It, may, it probably depends on the price of Bitcoin at the time. But it's 35 Bitcoin. Let's say 35 Bitcoin. That's that's definitely right. Okay. So um, whatever the 35 Bitcoin's worth today. <coughs> and uh, and yeah, so just don't... It could have been anything, though. This guy could have... Like 35 Bitcoin, is a, he probably only stole that much he thought he'd probably get away with it it's a relatively low amount of money like a sneaky two million out of a billion dollar company but yeah. they, they they obviously have spotted it and they've come for him and he's fled but it could have been that he could have gone for the lot you know he, the, the the position he was in like, this is not a low-level employee who's just scammed out a few customers this is the guy on the board the head of security and compliance for the business he had the key to the vault. He could have emptied that vault and <laughs> everyone's Bitcoin in Uphold could have been gone. And uh, then he would have fled to Dubai and they'd, they'd have always sent freaking a whole SWAT team after him. But it's it just shows like, again, don't trust Verify. Don't no, no don't own your keys. No cheese. It's not your Bitcoin. Like, Keep your private keys with you. Do not trust custodians. Because if they're... If they're Literally, the, the the top guy inside Uphold for security of people's Bitcoin was the thief. So there's the perfect example. Like people are not to be trusted. Only trust yourself. Take take control of your own keys. Otherwise, this type. We've had two scare stories. Now we had we had Blockfire last week. That was yeah. a, an internal mistake. Now we've got Uphold this week. This was an internal hack from the looks of it. Like people stealing from the inside. Don't 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 be the don't be the responsible for the third or fourth one and where that is much worse and you lose all your Bitcoin. Take custody of it, buy a hard wallet, 
get your own keys. Be safe. I think every week we should try and find a scare story. <laughs> that should be a, a, a feature. As but every week I'm feature. going to be testing my my um, <laughs> 24 words. You should. You should. Yeah. After the, um, I think it was podcast number four, I was definitely <laughs> testing my words. I'm glad yeah, they I just like feel like I want to go and test it now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Good. That's a good, healthy feeling because at the end of the day, you are responsible. You're responsible for your future and for your future family's wealth. And you should just test it every couple of weeks. Like it should, it should be, that's normal. One of the things I've uh, I've been listening to over the last week, because uh, I'll be honest, I actually don't read a lot or try to get too involved with Bitcoin outside of the podcast because I'm kind of like in a place where I don't care about the the FUD that's out there. I'm looking at bigger, longer time cycles. And so um, one of the, uh, so I'm listening to the psychology of money. Again, one I'd probably recommend. And one of the chapters is You and Me, it's called. And it talks about horizons. And we spoke about it when we talked about moons and when our Bitcoin moon may appear. But for some of us, the horizons and I'd say like the the retail customers that are coming into the space right now, all they're looking for is, oh, when will my money double? Whereas all of us, we're like, no, we're going to go five, 10, even beyond years in terms of Bitcoin. And so therefore, I actually don't get or I don't get involved with the day to day ramblings and the and the rumblings that go on. I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that as well. Do how do you kind of protect yourself from the whole foot? No man, I I'm in, I'm in the fucking trenches. So <laughs> I, I I dedicated my life to Bitcoin three years ago. I'm all in. So every so you got yeah, nothing I, else to do. <laughs> there's, <laughs> also, <laughs> there's also that. There's an element of you. you but have I, I, I see my. I almost actually actually that's a good idea. I might actually update my job title to like the Bitcoin immune system officer or something. Yeah. I know just that. And it, it is just, I yeah. Like so I'm on, I'm on the front lines. I love everything Bitcoin. I've been in it for like five, six years. So I just absorb everything. So I, I for the FUD, I'm not never going to get shaken out. Like this isn't like, unless well, again, okay, yeah. so unless the fundamentals of Bitcoin that make it sound money get compromised, then I'm, it's just entertainment. And um, I'm there on the front lines. I'm, I'm interested in it. But um, yeah, and it's my number one beefs, subject. You? What's you're, that? Creating the, you're creating the beefs online. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm freaking arguing with <laughs> well, There's only so many times you can swipe right. You need something else to do, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you, Ross? What, do you do you do much? Um, I read a little bit. So I use Twitter. Yeah. Not massively, but it's the only social media outside of LinkedIn that I use. Yeah. Um, and I think we kind of get some articles within our um, group group chat. So every so often I'll read about it. And I also keep myself up to date with, with general news. But I, I, can, I suppose... I can't tell you the last time I looked at the price. Um, I'm looking right now. Um, <laughs> I thought I'd have a quick look. But my kind of thoughts are... I think a week and a half, my wife was just like, don't need to lose all your money. And I was just like, it's okay, I lost, lost most of it on a boat accident. Um, but 
it's a general belief. You know, there's a reason why I invested in Bitcoin and it's just reminding myself of that. I have yeah. belief in, in the asset which I've put, which I've invested in. It's not the fact that I've gone for quick wins, otherwise I would have gone for doggy coin or um, polka dot or whatever the fuck else yeah. has come out and meant to be the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. So this is long term. I said when I put money in, it'd be five years. I'm not just going to take it out when it doubled, trebled or whatever it was to, to I don't know, pay off part of my mortgage or buy myself a, fa- a fast car. It was, let's put it in because it's something which I believe in for five years, along with um, a number of my investments. Yeah. Exactly. I, I do think it's, it's like, like the evolution of a pleb or this as well, because... In the early days, like I was scared really to even say I was a Bitcoin or online because I thought I might not be saying the right things. Bitcoin wouldn't accept me. And uh, it's just, it's, it's quite a big, don't. it's quite a big, <laughs> yeah, as we saw with your app. There's plenty of people that don't. Yeah. And, um, but it's, it's, it's a big thing. Like, I, I see a lot of people, they're just lurkers. Like I used to be a lurker in Bitcoin Twitter for, for years. I was yeah. a lurker on Reddit for years because it's, it's a big thing to start commenting, to start putting your own views out there. And uh, like, I think you start off as a reply guy. So you just reply to other people's stuff. And then eventually you advance to, I've got a, something that I think is unique about, I've got a take that I think is interesting and you start putting it out there. And it's really demoralizing when you first start doing that because you don't have a following. No one, you've never said anything interesting before. So I, I, I like your tweets, you guys. <laughs> I know. You get one like, dude. Yeah. I know in the recent, in re, like the last year, like I get two likes on every tweet. It's you and Mark. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there they are. There's my like, like guys. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like a little girl on Instagram taking selfies and their two best mates be like, click, click, like, like. Cause I'm, it's like your goal. Yeah. You, your staple two likes. Yeah, but, it, but eventually, like, you build up. Like, I've got a bit of a following now, so occasionally like, I get the odd tweet goes viral, get hundreds or thousands of likes, and it, it starts off a conversation, and then it, it just builds your confidence that, oh, right, what I'm saying is a little bit unique on, on today's takes, and but it takes time, and it's and a lot of people do start to talk, and then they get lambasted and go, you're stupid, like, especially in Bitcoin Twitter. It's, um, it's a, they don't take any prisoners in there, so you either get ignored or you'll get told you're stupid. So... I think there's a lot of fear around that. So, so I mean, I mean, personally love the LinkedIn posts myself. I, I know they take a lot more time, perhaps, but um, yeah, yeah I, I, I have enjoyed those because I, I can refer people to them as well. Yeah, but even LinkedIn, I actually that's the thing. Like on Bitcoin, it's it's probably even more scary. But I, I, I I'm connected to I think like well over a couple of thousand people on LinkedIn. Hardly any of them post anything. Like, there's oh, a, there's, everyone's too scared. Cancel yeah. culture once again. Yeah, and oh, then have you seen think... the flip? Have you seen the flip side of it? They have um, news articles on the top right, and you find a good topic with some classic replies in there by people who should not be replying and should not be <laughs> replying in that way, and you just go, "I wonder if they've got sacked today." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's all from people like me that don't give a shit and can't be cancelled. I know these are people you know with a job listed like IT technician or whatever, and you just go, "Ah." Uh... <laughs> I mean, that is what people are scared about. They're scared about being fired. But if you're writing an article like about the job you do or about how you would approach your job, so many people are terrified of putting their views mm-hmm. out there 
because they either think it's boring and uninteresting or someone's going to get offended and just being judged. Like it's so scary to put yourself out there, put your head above the power pit and be judged. And uh, I think the second you do it and you realize nothing happens, it enables you to do it multiple other times. So, uh, so yeah, I think I, I would encourage everyone, like no matter where you are in your career, what your topic is, just just write something like whether it be a tweet or an article, just start putting it out there. Like it's it's fine. Like it's I think the fear is way worse than the real consequences. And uh, you might so have something interesting to, to say. Become buyers. Buy a Bitcoin immune officer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, so the last two topics to round it off, because I know Ross needs yeah. to get to bed. He's getting tired, and he can see his eyes like drooping. And uh, said so I couldn't even remember simple words earlier in the podcast, so it's a bit <laughs> obvious. You need to drink more whiskey. That you learn more words when you drink whiskey. True, mainly swear words. <laughs> so good, no filter. But yeah, so we had the Indy Five Hundred this weekend. So we had a Bitcoin yeah. car number twenty-one was racing. We were leading the race for like thirty-two of the laps. I have no idea how many laps there were, but I think it's not much more than 32. And, uh, <laughs> but he ended up coming eighth, unfortunately. Apparently, he had a bit of a dodgy pit stop that cost him some time. He came out from first and came out eighth in a, well, yeah, an eighth, eighth place finish. So, isn't too 200 bad. 200 laps, by the way. I was 200. How many, ca- yeah. how many cars are there? Uh, don't know how many cars. I, I, I caught a bit of it. It's a race, or is it more? There's loads. <laughs> There's loads. Yeah. There's loads. loads. I have no idea because you know IndyCar is an American thing, so I think the rest of the world watches F1. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit weird. They just they just go around in circles, don't they? Yeah, the there is stuff, a strategy it? to it uh, in terms no. of like. I thought IndyCar was more like F1. Uh, again, yeah. very similar, but not. <laughs> they go. NASCAR faster. is a big circuit where we just uh, go round and round and round. That's the, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that's really bizarre when you literally drive around in a circle for like 200 laps. I was like, yeah, I was like a race, but yeah. I think it's the crashes because everyone's bumping into each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they definitely, there is some strategy to it because uh, you have to refuel, uh, you've got tires. Uh, also strategy in terms of obviously where you're coming out, in terms of obviously what also where you pit and, uh, and then racing against everybody at 235 miles per hour going around in a circle. Yeah. 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 The race good. It raised some awareness for Bitcoin. Unfortunately, we didn't get on. We, we started in third, I think. That was where he qualified. He finished, he qualified third, came eighth. But um, raised some awareness for Bitcoin. And also a portion of the funding for the car goes to Bitcoin developers again. So mm. just like the, nice. Bitcoin, the Bitcoin pizza stuff last week. More money going to developers, all all great, and then uh, and then yeah, th- this week it is Bitcoin twenty twenty one in Miami, and uh, Miami. I should be there. I'm absolutely gutted that I'm not there, but it's it's going to be great. It's the biggest Bitcoin conference of all time. I think it probably would have been anyway, but the fact we haven't had a conference for 14, 15 months. Can you not get out there? No, like I don't know. I I might be able to, but they want tests and all yeah it's just i just couldn't be bothered I, I didn't want to book anything and then just have them change the rules last minute so i just went i'm not going just then i do be disappointed in a way unrelated to bitcoin but general holidays i said to the wife like i don't want to go on holiday with the whole tests and masks on the plane and everything 
so it's just last minute or you can't go because you know your kids got a potential false false positive yeah well, um, you put it on the red what, zone and then you have to quarantine for 10 yeah. days it's just what well, I just I, went, it's, it's not going to make it an enjoyable, relaxing holiday. So I'm not going abroad till it stops. No. And the, the problem um, is, like, a, like, a trip to America, like, it's, it's a thousand quid probably flights. You've got to pay. This is Miami. Do you want to stay somewhere nice? It's a whole week thing. You're going to be going out. Like, that's a, you've got to book all this in advance, like months in advance. And I just didn't trust that if, when it comes, I just know I'm going to, I lost a load of money in Sweden. I lost a load of money last year. I'd booked like some conferences ahead. I'd booked flights and some accommodation. I lost loads of money on that. I just went, I just don't trust it. So it looks like it's going to be- 2021, I'm actually going to be a bit more responsible with my money. <laughs> <laughs> well, instead you've got, you got to learn and grow at home and watch Joe Wicks. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mr. Motivator got, got, had a comeback as well. I think he did, oh. yeah. Is he? He's got to be like eighty years old now, isn't he? I saw him. Sixty or seventy, I think. But he's still a beast. Yeah. Of course he is. To, to be fair, as well, Miami. I've been fortunate enough to visit. It's the most expensive place that I have visited. In really? Yeah, yeah, really, really expensive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the problem. The problem is, it's one of the few places in America that is a party central and open. Yeah. So double the prices whatever you probably thought it's double and then the entirety of bitcoins arriving so they're all minted <laughs> so they're all going to be pushing the price up even further yeah so i i i roughly priced it up and just went i i can't spend that money like on a punt and potentially not even go because boris tells me there's <laughs> a freaking pakistani variant now and like ugh, like or, or or even worse like biden says something and closes the borders their side because they're both yeah. us and them are both being stupid. So well, I just went. You'd have, you'd have to stop stop sniffing hair first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's all same with holidays. So now you can get insurance, but it's a whole stress. You know, when you when you go somewhere, you want to have a good time, not worry about anything. And I just think we've lost what a holiday is because of this whole shit show. Yeah. So what is it? Is it ninety pounds or one hundred and eighty pounds for for a test before and come back? Mm. Um, you know, if you've got a family like myself, it's times it by four. You know, it makes a holiday horrendously expensive. Yeah, it's a classic. We're not telling you that you can't go on holiday, but you'll have to pay this little tax to go on holiday. Yeah, yeah. Rolling the dice, aren't you? Because like yeah. any of those tests could come back as a false positive, and now you can't go. Yeah. Now what? That's and that, that was another thing I was worried about. I'm like, cause I, I had I had a flu the other day. Like I went away with the family, came back and I caught the flu off one of the one of the babies, and uh, and yeah, I'm like, well, those antibodies are on my body now. Who knows well, how close that is to COVID? Or you, not? you should have been socially distancing. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and weird, weirdly, I did actually take one of my little COVID tests anyway, but they're, they're, apparently they're, they're not legit though are they There's the lateral flow they've got massive amounts of false negatives and false positives so literally they're pointless you know like pcr there is a false positive and false negative rate but it's a lot lower whereas lateral lateral flow is it's like rolling a dice you know it's, i don't even understand why they're out there <laughs> so they say if you get a lateral flow positive you should have a pcr test to have further confirmation 
but the way the PCR tests test take a lot longer. Yeah, yeah, because the majority of the the cases will come from the first type of test, don't they? That's all people are doing. Yeah, the PCR, the current one, I think they're using more lateral flow now. So the, the rise in the numbers could be the lateral flow, um, false positive, but you just don't know. Yeah, but anyway, along, that, along the day when was not. But, um, but yeah, the, I think get get tuned in because they're live streaming the main straight stage all week, and uh, they'll be they could be cutting it up into YouTube videos and and all that. Of course, like, yeah, yeah, I will. I send it into the group. Yeah, but everyone in Bitcoin is there. You got Kaiser, you got Sailor, Safer Dean, Adam Back, Peter Todd. You can learn about Lightning, about the regulation, about energy. It's just pretty much like all the topics we've discussed on this podcast oh, probably cool. to date. The, the proper like OGs in Bitcoin are going to discuss this over the next two or three days. It's going to be going to be epic. Undoubtedly, the after parties and all that kind of stuff are going to be crazy. But um, yeah. but we we still get to absorb the content. You know, it's, and sometimes I actually the, the conferences that I've gone to because they're so crazy and you're hungover for half the days anyway. You barely <laughs> absorb much of the content while you're there. You meet a couple of them afterwards and go, it's great. But like you're not really paying attention and you actually catch up on the conference content when you get back. And uh, watch it all back. Yeah. Um, you just go there for the socializing and just meeting people and like making connections. But uh, yeah, we get to watch it, and uh, it should be a, like, out of all the content we're going to see this year. I think the next couple of days it's going to be gold nugget after gold nugget. So we need to tune in and like fourth yeah. and fifth of June. Hi, um, there. I'm just looking online now and uh, going to bookmark the live stream. Yeah, I'm all, all over it. Yeah, it'll be, be American time, so I think it'll probably start about 5 p.m. our time and go on to around midnight. So yeah, it's going to be it'll just be gold. And uh, and even if you can't ch- tune in to like those exact times, they'll chop it up and put it all on YouTube. So it'll be, it'll yeah, be forever. That's, that's what I need to find. Find some choice topics which I'm interested in. Like I'd like to know more about the Lightning Network, probably Taproot as well. Yeah, well, the literally like the the people that coded lightning and coded the majority of the taproot code are speaking. So like, if you want, if you want like the source information, then they're the guys, like, people like me and like everyone, nearly everyone else are just, we're passing this information on third hand. They're probably getting little bits wrong. These are the guys that freaking wrote the stuff. So yeah, these videos are going to be pure gold. This is literally getting the information from the source it's there yeah, these that these things are super rare because a lot of these guys as well they don't go on podcasts they don't they're not they don't go on twitter so they get these conferences drag them in and get them to go and do a bit of a talk and have an interview and uh yeah so when they do it's the content they give is just gold nice yeah i'm definitely going to be looking forward to this i'm just looking on the website right now and uh yeah it looks amazing actually yeah it's it's anyone that anyone and everyone in Bitcoin is speaking. It's it's almost like there's like a hundred people speaking over two or three days. It's insane. Yeah, it looks great. You even got the I think they got the governor of Miami opening it up because he's now a Bitcoiner as well. He's in. All right, boys. Time to go to bed, is it? Or Ross is anyway. Yeah, Ross is dead, isn't he? He's dead. I am. His eyes are shut and he's glazing over. Yeah, but no different to normal, really. No, I was going to say no different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just bored me to sleep. <laughs> we bored you, Jesus. 
Plebs, if you want to hear us, then yeah, <laughs> tune in. <laughs>